So David fucked up. <laughs> all right. Everybody deserves a second chance. Sometimes a third. But yeah, is this After really three, the I third? <laughs> I, I wish I had three chances. <laughs> the things I could do with six hands, man. I could open to, to yourself. I would be the best entrepreneur. No, to everyone. Yeah, I mean, what would what, you really need six hands for yourself? I could, what, what I would, could validate the, the use of six hands. What would you do with six hands? I would cook and clean at the same time. That's like, see, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is having to clean the kitchen before I cook. Uh-huh. So if I had six hands, I could cook and clean at the same time, save some time there. I, that would not change my personal <laughs> recreational sex habits. <laughs> No, David. I catch your suggestions over there. I mean, Don't I shake mean, the microphone, though. I mean, yeah, you just you just need the one hand for that. I mean, the other thing might if be... If you got three hands, though, there's there's things that you can do. The other four hands would be cleaning and cooking. Yeah. I could do all three at once now. That's a good thing. No, I would not want that close to my cooking. <laughs> like, I just need a dash of salt. <laughs> Done deal. Uh... That sounds gross. That sounds as gross as fish fingers and custard. Uh, <laughs> I find it funny when you guys try to go for the awkward transitions. <laughs> David, are there any other kind? Potentially. It's just, yeah, it's just that one is just like, it's telegraphed. Yeah, yeah. He, he sent me a jerk-off message. How, much, how was I supposed to know that? Man? Let's talk about Doctor Who now. <laughs> Because right, so that's what, what David did about. when he watched the show. Oh, that's <laughs> a little bit. I'm Tom Baker. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's spoilers. Really on the game. We haven't right? discussed what we're talking about yet. Uh, I don't know. Just put a spoiler tag on it. I always do. Yeah. It won't be after a while. Yeah, he, I'm sure. he, Monday. He, he jumped oh. off at the edge of the seat. I was just like. <gasps> Yeah, I know he started clapping and shit. <laughs> That's okay. Can't yeah, help it. I get that way. I get excited about stuff sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, we should probably, you know. Hey, can I can I also start out by uh, giving a big uh, fuck you to Gabriel? Okay. Because back, way back, when the 12th Doctor was first announced, I said he should make an appearance in the fucking 50th anniversary. Gabriel was like, oh, no, that'd be horrible. And he did. Well... Yeah. Isn't he really the 13th Doctor? Yeah. I mean, yep. at this point. There's 13 of them. Yeah. yeah. So, which so, would also make him the last. last. So they're going to have to fix that. That's yeah. <laughs> which, well, well the, considering he's going to go find... Oh, okay. We should probably just yes. say... Let's start from the beginning, shall we? Yeah. Let's just say... Happy hi. birthday. Well, well, well hi. Uh, I'm David. I'm, I'm David. And I'm Chance. Welcome to Kind of Epic Show. Um, clearly... We're about to talk about the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special that we all just consumed. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I'm still digesting it right now. And so if you guys hear any gas leak out of me, I apologize. What are those things? Silurians or whatever the hell? The Zygons? No, no. The uh, first season the of Doctor Slovene. Who. The Slovene. The Slovene. That, yeah, That's what I'm trying to think of. A lot. Yeah, yeah. They had gas issues. Cause they're That's all... not me. They're <laughs> farting. They were farting all the time. That's yeah, gas me. issues. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, uh, should we start off by talking about uh, an adventure through space and time? Uh, because that was part of the 50th anniversary celebration and celebrated it in its own way. Yeah. They did put a real doctor in there, too. And then, yeah. I mean, there was obviously there were a lot of the clips of William Hartnell, but, yeah. I mean, then we got 
Matt Smith in there too. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah it was it, a nice little. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's an artistic. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, so, but. yeah it, was pretty, it was a pretty lazy cut from one scene and inserted into another. But at least they had the yeah. good intentions at heart. It, to me, it's it was William Hartnell looking across the console to know that the show will be. In yeah, I, that's what I took. It was like a message of, well, there's a future of this show thanks yeah. to me. Like this, there's potential for this to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah it was kind of. Well, it was one of the you know most you know, fascinating parts of the the. the Adventure of Space and Time because it focused on the first Doctor, and he's the first Doctor before regeneration, before any of that was introduced. So he is the Doctor. Yeah. He is the Doctor before anybody else does it, and he's the face of it. He's the thing that you know people, you know, kids see him on the street. They go up to him and was like, "Hello, Doctor. Yeah. Would you would you sign this for me?" <laughs> and you know, awkward conversations like that. He he's the face of it. And so it's kind of fascinating to see them make the decision to introduce regeneration into the show because they realize he's not remembering the lines. <laughs> poor old guy. I mean, I, well, I'm not going to say poor old guy because clearly lifestyle choices led him down a path to <laughs> memory issues and heart problems, but. Uh... I mean, if I could drink whiskey that fast, I'd be doing it too. <laughs> so I'm not gonna hate. But yeah, I thought uh, Adventure of Space of Time. I thought it was really good, and then there, there was a, a few parts of it that uh, um, you know actually kind of got to me a little bit, and you know, emotionally, like when um, William Hartley's explaining Hart- to his, or, or I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. A uh, uh, flitch or whatever from uh, Hogwarts. Filch. Filch. <laughs> um, the, guy, the old hey. guy with the hair plugs, man. Yeah, yeah. When he's explaining hey, to David, his. David, yeah. um, are you sure you don't have the same alcohol problem that he does? <laughs> he was doing just. He was pounding down glasses of scotch, man. There's a difference. Fair enough. But, uh, so yeah, when he's um, when he's talking to his granddaughter and explaining the concept of, of uh, Doctor Who to him for the first time. It's, I don't know, it's touching because through the eyes of that old man, we sort of get the the pure concept of the show. There's this sort of wizardly old man who lives in a box that comes out and takes people out on adventures and stuff. And, and touches and, them with candy. <laughs> but, Seems yeah. Seems one of two ways. I'm just pointing it out here. <laughs> But just, I don't know, seeing him explain that to her, to a, you know, a child who w- this show is ultimately really meant for, it was, and, and like, and I love the way the camera is angled just on her. We didn't watch him explain it. We watched her expression as it was explained to her. And I, I thought that was a really, really nice touch. I would, you said the show is made for children. I wouldn't say, I would say it's made for the child and all of us, that sense of adventure yeah. and creativity that I'm at, like just pure imagination where you, mm-hmm. you can sit on the ground in your bedroom and imagine this whole world unfolding around you. And like that's, mm-hmm. they try to capture that idea. And then, I mean, we're, we're kids to a sense that we're young in spirit, but like we're grown, we're three grown men and we just sat in there and even, yeah, watching the special, I was like getting a little teared up mm. at times. I was like, damn, some good stuff. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, I don't know. They, they managed to achieve 
a, a, a real all ages adventure mm-hmm. where it's not talking down the children, but at the same time they can understand what's happening while at the same time it I mean, I don't know, Pixar. Pixar does it all the fucking time. They yeah. they, they put out movies that everybody can enjoy no matter what. See, and, and that's what Doctor Who is. Yeah, I think that Doctor Who does it in slightly the opposite way that whereas Pixar makes cutesy looking films <laughs> and gives you subtext and and sub themes and things that you pick up as an adult and you're like mm-hmm. you watch these little bits go by the screen you're like hey I see what's going on here. But Doctor Who's more like they give you this, and most of the time they give you this grim, kind of shadowy uh, image on the screen. But then the characters that are port, like the Doctor, especially Matt's Doctor, like they're just all um, alive. They're very animated and whimsical, so mm-hmm. it takes away from some of the scariness of it. So like they they <laughs> add the childish in in the characters, and whereas Pixar adds the adult in. Yeah, I in the little hidden gems, they, what do they call them, Easter eggs. I love it when the war doctor is kind of like, "Do you always have to talk with your hands?" <laughs> uh, going back to uh, an adventure in space and time, I, the, one of my favorite moments in it was when they showed the Daleks for the first time. <laughs> it, it was some of the best shots of Daleks ever, and it actually made them feel like menacing. They didn't look menacing when they were crossing that bridge. <laughs> I don't. I, well, I guess they didn't look menacing. It was just funny. It was yeah. just like, you know, that's that's how large that show had gotten it by that point. In the sense that you could film Daleks going across the bridge, you know, in real life. You didn't have to hide them away in a studio or something. You could put them out in real life, and you didn't really have to worry about people. I don't know coming by and making fun of them or whatnot. It was, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and I thought, uh, um, who's the guy who played the first Doctor in Adventure of Space of Time? What was his Dave name? Bradley. Dave Bradley? Yeah. He did, he was, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we normally, I mean, I've only ever seen him in the Harry Potter movies where he yeah. acts like an asshole or stupid or, you know, this, you know, allowed him to actually play of you know, a fully fleshed role, uh, an actual person, an actual character, and it was... He was also in, uh, Broadchurch? Uh, mm-hmm. Starring David Tennant, and he's the most sympathetic character on that show. Like you feel absolutely horrible for the guy. Does he also have a drinking problem? <laughs> that one? Or no? No, but it's believed he likes to touch little boys. So, oh. so we've got a man who's into well. torture in one role. Be- believed. Believed. Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> you have been tainted by the U.S. judicial system. <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> well, that's that's what makes it so good because he didn't. Oh well, then he's innocent. It's fine. Uh, yeah, and that's part of the. This is like halfway through Broadchurch, so spoilers. Oh, but I watch it up, sometimes. It ends up being this really amazing story about how he met his wife, mm. but she ended up she was like sixteen, but he still got charged. Wait, so wait, huh. It was alleged he liked touching little boys, but in fact he liked messing because with underage girls. He, he was a suspect for the main whoa, 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 whoa. murder. Whoa, she the was show. she was how old? Sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. And don't they go over the college over there? I mean, aren't they considered adults by that I don't point? Know she might have been fifteen. She might. I don't know. Maybe but they. We got to check right for a statute. Right at that bridge to where it was technically illegal, but that got yeah. out to the press and mm-hmm. it created this whole fiasco when he became a suspect for the main murder. I see, I see. All right. Love knows no bounds, man. Absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. One of the best performances on that show. Hmm. Cool. uh, 
Yeah, he and you know the uh, the rest of the show had you know pretty good performances too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of cool seeing Brian Cox again. Yeah, that's Sidney Newman, the creator of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Meaning creator, he came up with the concept and that was it. But he still gets the credit. Producer then, essentially. Well, he was I the head of drama at the BBC. Right, but yeah. but more producing role. All he did was come up with the idea, and then he's like got he got all of these staff to work for him and put it together, and then he just stood back and made the big sh- calls, right? Pretty much. Well, didn't uh, Verity kind of made the big calls at that point? Oh, so he didn't. He actually didn't collect a paycheck? Yeah, he brought her in. She used to be his his, uh, personal assistant, Mm -hmm. and uh, he knew that she wanted to. You know, have a you know bigger career in television, and was like, I have this idea about a sci-fi show for kids. I need to work on it, and you know, he had you know vague ideas. He kind of he had a vague idea what he wanted the doctor to be, and so so on and so forth. But it was really, it seemed to be her and the director that really defined what the show is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. completely. Um, I I loved Hartnell's growth over it. Mm-hmm. And where and at first, uh, yeah, well, that's part of it. But it started out where you're just like, oh, I'm, grumpy, I'm a grumpy old man. He doesn't like children. <laughs> to where yeah. at the end, he, well, he stole a line from David Tennant saying he doesn't want to go. Yeah. yeah. That was sad as shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. See that poor old guy, like, not ready to accept his, the conditions of his health and, like, his aging and yeah, stuff. He- like do something better for himself instead of work focus on the show. It was kind of interesting to see him try and bargain down them and be like, you know, if you if you didn't write a script, you just let me talk. I can. I, I can mean, but at this point, you know, I am the doctor. I can you know fill in some bullshit. <laughs> see, I, I think that actually started to happen with Tom Baker. Where, like, I mean, he was on the show for longer than anybody. I mean, mm. he himself was on there for seven years with countless crew and people rotating wow. in to where he was only, during that seven years, he was probably the only person there that was there for the entire time. Mm-hmm. By the end, I'm pretty sure I hear he was kind of pushy and just started to do whatever the hell he wanted. Wow. <laughs> mm. So. But, uh, yeah, I... I uh... I think Adventures, uh, uh, Chance even, you thought it was going to be a television series, didn't you? Yeah, I was hoping that there'd be something to come out of that, because I would, I mean, they've already got the the other docudrama that they're doing, right? What's the Doctor Who docudrama? That, that was it, right? That, that was it, yeah. And that's, okay, so originally I was under the impression that they were going to start a series with that. So that was just I, my I think in the original concept that it could have been, but I don't see it from this. Because I, well, I could have, I mean, I could have easily seen that laid out over two or three episodes and then follow the same format but yeah. go through the evolution of the of Doctor Who. That would be nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, it could even be done with different, like, each decade of the show, you know? Like, you could do... Or right, just by focusing on the actor who's playing the Doctor yeah. and how they view the role and how they're dealing with it, which is what this sort of did. Yeah. That'd be sort of the, I don't know, probably the easiest way to do it structure-wise. Instead of having to worry about having multiple episodes to fill, just mm-hmm. focus on a doctor at a time. If they were to do it, I don't. I don't really think this is necessary because all the characters that were introduced at the beginning are gone. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a good wrap up. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it definitely works as you know, just as one piece. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved it. Like it comes out on DVD in like two weeks. I'm totally gonna grab it. 
I'm hoping they just stick it in a D- Doctor Who DVD set. <laughs> it should be. I, I, I wish it was being packaged with, like, Day of the Doctor, you know? Mm. I, oh, maybe they will. I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see if, you know, because normally... Well, I guess they didn't do that with a tenant. His specials had a, this is its own special box set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll end up doing the same thing with Smith or something. I, I hope so. Just because, I mean, it would kind of suck to have, like... The 50th anniversary, the Christmas, and then Capaldi season. Yeah. So they'll wow. probably at least very, uh, put the 50th and the Christmas special together. Yeah. Uh, well, to me, it would have made sense to just wait to release season seven until oh. after. That would have made sense to me. But mm-hmm. yeah. but you weren't looking to make money. You were looking to spend less money. Yeah. But I I suppose we're going to use this moment to bridge into Day of the Doctor. One thing Why? that annoyed it's awkward. Well, I mean, one thing that annoyed me was the way Day of the Doctor began versus how the last episode of Doctor Who began. I mean, yeah, uh, ended. Because we last see the Doctor and Clara seeing the War Doctor for the first time yeah. in his weird temporal memory mahuzits or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then it jumps ahead a great deal of time. And it seems as if, I don't know, like that was cliffhanged on them dealing with something, and then they just race ahead. Well, it even says to be continued. And they d- It does say to be continued, yeah. and that helps with the cliffhanger thing of yeah. we're going to have to deal with something right now, and they don't. Yeah. yeah. I think that to put that, to include that, would have detracted too much from. They're, the celebration they were trying to make to all the doctors, like they, this, this is definitely standalone. Yeah, I, I think you. I mean, even though John Hurt's still here, and like we resolved the issues with, uh, or the issue of John Hurt mm-hmm. existing, yeah, and like learning this, learning this part of the history of the Doctor that he's tried so hard to get rid of, but they they couldn't wrap it all up at once, or else something would have been rushed. It just, I don't. It, it, it's an awkward transition at that point. Because you end the episode with the Doctor and Clara in the Doctor's own time stream seeing this man for the first time, and there's no real conclusion to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's them doing something, probably going back to... Uh, I don't, it's not what I would consider to be very clear storytelling. Well, I don't know. It's I... you doing a cliffhanger... And then not actually accomplishing, resolving. yeah, not resolving the cliffhanger. But where would they have gone anyways? Because there's no, well, like, we don't happened? know what was going to well, come Well, out. that's the thing. That's the thing that makes it annoying and slightly lazy storytelling is the fact that you put yourself in this corner and then you just ignore it completely. Well, what happened to, like, the great intelligence or, like, we don't know what, none mm-hmm. of that was resolved. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that they're going to. But the next time we see him, he is back at Trenzalore. Yeah, so I figured like th- hmm. they've put us somewhere else in the timeline, but they didn't tell us where. Like they never give us any clear indication of where we were in Matt Smith's timeline in in the special. Like, I mean, well, I kept looking for little clues. Doesn't Clara say that she's seen him? Yeah, she yeah. says she, she. No, she says we're definitely further past tell, in Clara's timeline. She said she could tell he hadn't done it. Is what she said. Mm. To that, him. No, well, I'm pretty sure that she mentioned that she had. I don't know. I would have to rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure she mentions. No, because she runs into the dungeon the first time she meets the war doctor and Dave, and she remember or she doesn't even recognize David Tennant because she runs in and she says, "So they're both you." Mm-hmm. Him too. Like okay. points at uh, points at John Hurt. So there's no way. 
I, I suspect that they were somewhere else in the timeline. Like before the end of... It could well be, or we don't really know, like, how much were they going to retain of that? Because because of the whole issue of what was going to happen when the doctor tries to go back through the strange portal that's been opened up with Clara. Like, she's the portal, if I remember correctly. Like, she's the origin of that. Like, she's the, the anomaly that allowed them to get to Trenzalore. Have you guys not rewatched it recently? No. I'm looking at David. I know. He's kind he of the who expert here. I'm telling you that I remember because she... She goes through all the little parts of of yeah. his history. They were already at Trenzalore before that. But yeah. she, well, she wasn't able to connect. Like she wasn't able to talk to the doctor at that time. They were separated, weren't they? No. I mean, they like at the end of the episode, she's managed to save the doctor from whatever the great, great intelligence had started to do to him by erasing his history completely or some such thing. Yeah. And at the end, they're both standing there. In his own time stream, or in his conscience. Somewhere, yes. And John Hurt turns around, and is like, hey, I'm the Doctor. Or at least that's what the title said. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're left with. And so they're both still in the Doctor's time stream, and there's no real conclusion to that in any real manner. Okay, oh, yeah, because they do take the TARDIS to Trinzalore, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I still just, I think it's, we're not really sure where, in what dimension, or what time we left them. Uh, so I don't know. Well, it's possible that they weren't even physically in his time, like, you know? Like, maybe by that point they were just in, like, some state of sleep. Like, uh, the passionate or I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll my eyes at that. That's well, just, I, don't know. I, mean, I mean, clearly we don't know. At. Okay, I'm going to say I really enjoyed the 50th anniversary special. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought it did a great job. But if you're if you were to pull back from that and look how it fits into the the serial story of Doctor Who, so William Hartnell would be pissed, like we found out that he was a stickler for continuity. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where yeah, uh, he he said the kids are going to notice when we if we hit the wrong buttons. Yeah. The kids are going to notice <laughs> if you hit the wrong button. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever button was pressed. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not the, the, the cleanest thing I've ever seen in the world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, the 50th anniversary special. It was a... Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, really. Oh, me too. I mean, it's it was just—it was just awesome seeing ten out of eleven interact like that. It's great. I mean, it's like, like Android seventeen eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, just you know, seeing them in the woods for the first time when they're just oh. uh, yeah. And they've got a pair of queens there. <laughs> that's unimportant. The they've got two Queen Elizabeths. But yeah, it was kind of funny how they made fun of the fact that Tenet. I don't know, is almost sort of the more romantic doctor in the sense that they're in a, an adventure of his where he's making out with, with the queen. Yeah, yeah and marrying her. And it's just <laughs> Which is a great callback to other stuff with mm-hmm. Tennant. Like, you know, this queen has been mentioned plenty of times, mm-hmm. and there's been a sense of mystery with her. Like, he's run away from her. So when he runs away, he never goes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when during Shakespeare, I'm pretty sure it's the same queen. At the end of the Shakespeare Code, when the it queen is. comes out and she's like 
chasing him down. He's just like, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. And now that also leaves us with the issue of the man with, with two wives, and I don't know what the Time Lord laws on <laughs> on marriage are, but there was no annulment as far as I understand it. So, well, they're both dead. Well, I mean, no divorce. They're both dead. Well, that's true. I guess he one was widowed, and then he married the other. But then they met each other at some point in time, presumably. The two wives. It could, it's possible. River and the Queen? It's totally possible why, that he could have taken her like back into the Elizabethan era, and then they just got caught by accident. And then had an awkward threesome. <laughs> if anybody, it They're both be... redheads. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I do have a question. Where the hell was Harkness? The hell I was, was so sad. The, the last the last time that we saw him, he was going off into space, and he still had his vortex manipulator. One of them. Uh-huh. Remember, she says... Uh, one of his deaths. Yeah, well, she mentions what it, they have one of the of those communicators, or the... Vortex manipulator. Vortex manipulator, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I, I would have liked that as well. Could you imagine how Jack would have reacted to three doctors? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I feel like that would have been too much sex appeal on one screen for a children's show. <laughs> we put them all on there once. Like, whoa, whoa. Things just got warm in here. I'm glad he did get a mention, though. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. And it was also, well, uh, the sort of interesting thing I thought they did was um, instead of having Rose in the show with the doctor it was bad wolf yeah you well it wasn't even bad wolf really it was a omega the um the was the moment the moment yeah omega omega yeah they even call it like i mean i thought they kept on referring to it as the moment they did but the consciousness that it gained i'm pretty sure that was a reference back to classic who and the villain omega Hmm. maybe i don't know i I don't know yeah Uh, but uh yeah, I thought it was an interesting inclusion of her because the moment picked a a person from the Doctor's past and future to represent itself, mm-hmm. and it went with Rose. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I don't know, it spoke to how big of a, a deal Rose is to the Doctor, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, she went with two Doctors, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, Sarah Jane went with... How many? She traveled with. Well, so we need to switch up our parlance. She traveled with a lot of them, I believe. <laughs> and Rose happened to travel with two of them. Yes. <laughs> well, Rose fell in love with one of them, ultimately. Does, and, uh, Sarah Jane was in the Five Doctors, so that automatically means she's uh, met five of them. Yeah. Plus Tenet. <laughs> wow. Plus Matt, because Matt was in two oh, episodes yeah. of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I really liked. I really liked that. Uh, character from Billy Piper. Um, a lot. It, it was a lot like uh, when the TARDIS gets a, a body and a voice. Like mm-hmm. just yeah. having that uh, part, that like alien technology represented by a human, human presence and a human body. And it's always neat because they're so, uh, like both of them were really mischievous and kind of elusive about like what they would say and would not say. And I like that. I like that she stayed with John Hurt the whole time, and that, that the others couldn't see her. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was, because they they could have just made it to where she popped up like the like a fucking genie, and she's like, "All right, <laughs> now it's time for you to see what happens in the future." But no, she follows him around, and he, and she was looking good. <laughs> 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 
Uh, and I like uh, I like David Tennant's reaction when he was like bad, when John Hurt mentioned Bad Wolf. He was just kind of like, "Wait, what?" Where? Where? Yeah, <laughs> and they, and they even went back to his face for a moment, yeah. and you could see like a twinge of I don't know if it's I don't know, longing, sadness. It was just there was a lot in that face in that moment that we saw mm-hmm. from Tennant, and he's just sort of like, "Wait, what?" What was the Oops. line? What was the line towards the end where they framed like the most beautiful little one second shot of Billy Piper sitting like her head in the top left corner of the frame, and then mm. and David Tennant's down there in the bottom right when John Hurt says something about um, kissing, like he's gonna kiss. Or he says, "Does this happen a lot?" And he's like, oh, yeah. and then "You just see the two of them right there." And you're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Clara is kind of awesome in this episode, or at oh, least, yeah, yeah uh, cute at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, they did mention um, that Clara had already been in the uh, uh, the unit headquarters. Yeah, well, that 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 part of the unit headquarters was it, that wasn't the same one from the Power of Three, was it? I don't remember. I don't think so. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember. It made but I don't it seem think so. Like she had it been there before yeah the yeah. power of three that was amy and yeah that's why oh I would... yeah, 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 yeah 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 so, so i wasn't even i would think and, that was uh, a setup for later in the show yeah fuck that was me. yeah the second that was before the angel episode so yeah yeah, yeah fuck me right. <laughs> yeah well i mean I, well, I guess brain's we'll, not working. we'll see why she goes back there well i mean i guess i kind of have an idea now we could speculate on it but mm. we really haven't finished talking about the show so maybe we should <laughs> but uh you know, I think it did a good job with the fan service without, like, putting it in your face. Yeah, the, mm. the Tom Baker scarf on the scientist was a nice touch. They're like, I mean, it didn't even need an explanation. She might have just been cold. Well, yeah. Kate Stewart, I mean, yeah. just having her there is having the Brigadier there. Yeah, so, yeah, I, mean, I know. And, I, uh, you know, it was... It was kind of, it was neat seeing Tom Baker yeah. come in. Like when the guy first started talking, I thought it was going to be Peter Capaldi yeah. coming in and sort of introducing himself to a certain degree. But um, yeah, it was it, it was fun. Yeah. You know, something that we didn't talk about either was uh, Night of the Doctor. Oh yeah, the uh, did you see the Peter McGann one? Mm-hmm. Paul McGann. Paul McGann. Oh, yeah, that was shit. good. <laughs> that was really good. And I, I think that was a perfect way to kick off this 50th anniversary celebration was to bring this classic doctor back. He, I mean, he'd only had the one previous on screen appearance and it's something that fans were wanting and wanting and wanting was to see him again. Mm. And what better way to kick off the 50th anniversary than to give fans what they wanted. Yeah. I, they did a, they did a really good job of, Providing room for all the doctors to share the screen at yeah. once with that. I mean, even just that one sp- small bit. I mean, that was enough because you knew you weren't going to be able to get, uh, for obvious reasons, you're not going to be able to get all the actors mm-hmm. back together yeah. on the same set. So to put them in just enough so that you're like not blatantly using um, old footage and just like watching video- old videotapes like it was some sort of nostalgia or family gathering. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but for them to actually have a Real purpose in the show. That was a good use of it. Yeah, yeah especially since you you know they set it up so you're just picturing you know ten eleven and the war doctor doing something, and then they bring in all the others. Yeah, and then all these tardises come yeah, flying yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh shit! And yeah, I think it starts with a, a, a ten coming in, not ten, nine. 
nine coming in, and uh, you're like, oh, I know, but just for a brief second, it's yeah. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you, then you see uh, the war doctor start to regenerate, and you're kind of like, is he actually going to pop up? No. No. <laughs> They're going to get away from it. I don't understand why is it that... Why is it that he's going to have a regeneration? Because it would have been... He was old. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Which is basically the same reason that Hartnell but, regenerated, but wouldn't, his, but wouldn't his regeneration have been into a doctor we have already seen? Yeah, it would have yeah. been Chris. Yeah, it right. would have been Chris. Okay, that's what I was just... Can, uh, you can start to see Chris's face. Yeah, just a tint yeah, What did he say? I hope he's not as not as conspicuous as the other ones or something along those lines. <laughs> I, I, I hope my ears aren't as... <laughs> because that was the main thing with Chris. He had giant yeah. ears. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that was a nice touch. So now... Before, I mean, we had a missing regeneration between eight and nine, and now eight and ten. Well, yeah, change the numbers or not? It's no. like Pluto's no longer a planet. <laughs> <what we're doing. laughs> we don't switch their numbers. Even, even uh, Moffat has said that. Yeah, don't change call the numbers. them eight light. Or, yeah. Well, yes, the war doctor is what you refer to as uh, refer to him as. Yeah. the war doctor. So he's technically not a doctor. He's the war doctor. <laughs> so there you go. Um, shit, what was I going to say? I don't know, David. That we have that missing link. Yeah, yeah, that, that missing link in who history has now been filled. We now have both sets of regenerations that were missing. Well, the mm-hmm. regeneration that was missing. Mm-hmm. Because you never saw him again turn into Eccleston. I mean, that's just never been there. And now it's it's filled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it was just little glimpses. Yeah, but I mean, it's still there. Mm-hmm. A peep show. <laughs> um, now, I, I did kind of like... Uh, this. The show had a second prequel besides Night of the Doctor, which was uh, The Last Day is what it was called. I yeah, believe, yeah. Which showed the fall of Arcadia through the eyes of a Gallifreyan soldier. Literally through the eyes. It was in first person. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it fills right with the episode but it's still kind of neat I see where I mean like I see where they were trying to go with it but maybe they could have given us a little bit more context for him being a time lord because like I said to you after we watched that clip like obviously they're on Gallifrey and I know I see what's happening because there's dogs flying in ensuing destruction of Arcadia but they didn't they didn't make it believable enough for me that that was that those were time lords. It was just some soldier in a suit in a suit with a helmet cam. So are all time lords like the Doctor, and they're just eccentric time travelers? That I was hoping they would all be eccentric. I mean, they don't necessarily <laughs> all have to leave the planet and time travel. That's their prerogative. Well, some people are the, homebodies, but the way I see it, it's maybe that's why the Doctor likes Earth so much. It's because it is so close to home. You know, like yeah, people have jobs and. Everything, you know? It could be. Maybe he likes to watch us shoot each other like he liked to watch Daleks shoot Time Lords. I think he liked doing What do you guys think of the the uh, paintings being the, the frame for the episode? That was brilliant. The way they walked, mm-hmm. like, as they walked towards the, the painting, and then the, just the dimensions got added in. Mm-hmm. Just imagine, this is in 3D in cinemas. Yeah, that, that was so, really cool. We'll get to see that on Monday, because for some reason it's... Not on today in cinemas, except for what twelve of them. Yeah, well, like Chicago, New York, LA. You know, exclusive. It's silly. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I, I thought that was. I thought it was really good. 
I don't. I, when we finished, I didn't know what to say. I was still trying to like Process. bottle up some emotions that were about ready to seep out. I was mm-hmm. on the verge of tears a couple times. Oh like, I, yeah, I, it was just really emotional. I don't know why. I don't know how they they did a really good job of that at least <laughs> of getting me to have some empathy for for the situation. Even though I feel like the setup for like the setup for the big save of Gallifrey. Yeah. At first, it looked like oh we're gonna save Earth. By like, because they all three doctors meet up, and the first thing they do is not to go and try and save Gallifrey, like, or not take care of the Zygons, which is probably still in that room debating. Well, that's that is that like that's the initial. That looks like the initial objective is oh, the Zygons are about ready to take over the Earth from the past, so we gotta get in there and and like stop this nuclear warhead from going off. Mm-hmm. And then and. John Hurt's the only one who's deciding what's going to happen with Gallifrey. He's simply making a decision. Do I do what I've already done or do I not do what I've already done? Mm-hmm. So, you know, David and Matt's doctors, they're not even privy to what's going on. So I was under the... Like, at first I was thinking, man, if they just save the Earth like every other time Doctor Who's on screen and then that's that, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. But then for them to both come back in and work with him to, like, try and rewrite their own history... They snuck in. I, I feel like they, they did a good job of um, giving uh, two like two different adventures in one. Because yeah. mm-hmm. at so. first I was a little worried that that was like the only thing was, that was going to happen. It was sort of like the War Doctor was involved with a sort of regular Doctor Who adventure, and then it sort of evolved into the bigger issue of do we blow this up? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and part of me kind of wonders if if Christopher Eccleston wanted to actually be a part of the the episode, if they would have used John Hurt, if they would have made Christopher Eccleston the War Doctor. I'm assuming that's what the original plan was probably mm. to be, and then he because he did have meetings with Moffat. Moffat had several meetings with Chris, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming Chris probably didn't want to be the War Doctor. Is my mm. guess. Then want to change. But his then character. again, wouldn't this, at its root, kind of change Chris Eggleston's character anyway? Yeah, because he's no longer. Technically, we don't know how much the Doctor remembers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't because I mean, Chris was that lonely soldier. You know, he was that newly regenerated soldier, which bared a lot of weight on well, Chris's Doctor. But John Hurt said that he wouldn't remember it. Yeah. He'd go through 400 years of thinking he did something that. Gotcha. And I think didn't. that's I think that that was a key in it because if you remember, his initial decision is I have to go back and press the button again. Like that was the right thing to do because if I don't, if I don't do this, then the doctor won't be born in in the sense that we've known him in the like the new series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't have this guy whose sole purpose is to fly around saving planets and saving people. So if he didn't. If he were able to remember that, remember that, then he might be like, "Well, shit, my job's done. I'm just gonna f- take the tars down to Hawaii and kick my feet up and drink some mai tais." <laughs> like, that'd be that. <laughs> so I, I don't think we would want him to change. Maybe that, maybe that wouldn't be such a good thing for, yeah. for the doctor's person personality. Yeah, and Chris has also said that, like. If the show's still around in 100 years, he would love to do it. I guess they just couldn't come up with an idea that he liked 
or another mm-hmm. 50 years. I was either way. I'm trying to figure him. He'll be pushing alive. 90. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Maybe he'll pull a Tom Baker and come out. And <laughs> well, he said if the show's still around when it hits 100 years, that he would love to to be a part of it. I guess he doesn't have too harsh of feelings towards it anymore. Is, is it the show? He didn't like the show after he left. It? Evidently, he had uh, some bad experiences making it, mm. and. Uh, for some reason, he's really picky about his TV roles, which he thinks they stand the test of time longer than his movie roles do. Hmm. But evidently, they just kind of come uh, up with an idea that he liked and wanted to do. I, I still wish he would have come back just for the regeneration, though. Suck it up, man. Suck it up and put your face on the screen. Yeah. Take a paycheck and go home and drink your sorrows away. <laughs> because, I mean, he even did a Doctor Who parody on the Silver, uh, Sarah Silverman show. That's really entertaining. Sarah Silverman gets him to pretend to be the doctor. Exactly. <laughs> the BBC can't do it. <laughs> That's why Hollywood wins. I'm not going to say any more about Hollywood other than um, that. You know something we did mention about an Adventure Through Space and Time? It was written by Mark Gatiss. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is a long-time Who writer. Isn't he uh, um, Sherlock's brother? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, he's, he's also the co-executive producer on Sherlock as well. No shit, I didn't know he wrote for the, yeah. the Doctor Who. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what, what episodes did he do this year? I don't remember. Uh, I feel like we should look it up. But, <laughs> but there's quite a few. Like, he wrote the, the Charles Dickens one in season one. Mm-hmm. And he wrote Night Terrors last year. And Okay. I mean, he's... Uh, he also, I believe, did... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but either way, either way, I mean, I think he would be uh, the perfect showrunner to take over after Moffat, because he clearly loves the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he would be a, a good, suitable replacement. Yeah. Do you wish there had been more aliens? I kind of wish that we had. I mean, I, we had Daleks and Zygons. It could have been, yeah, and those are both classic, right? Yeah, yeah. I no, I just. I feel like after we got that huge display of aliens in the rings of Akatan, Akaten, whatever, they could have... You feel like there should be more aliens? I feel like there could have been a few more, yeah, classic aliens that showed up. Just, like, I mean, maybe not as... Not just for, for the sake of the fans, but it's... I think that's what the Zygons were there for. They wanted to reintroduce the classic series monster for this, too, you know? Yeah, I, they, I I don't see how they would have fit them in, unless there were like stuffed aliens in the in the unit secret vault. Well, they had that Cyberman head in the vault. And... Yeah, were, did you get here in time to see what a Cyberman looks like on the yeah, old show? I saw part of it. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I wish. I, I don't think I could sit through and watch it again because then I'll probably cry most of the time. Like not <laughs> oh. not today. I mean, if I watch yeah. it a second time, like then I'll just the same triggers get pushed. I'll just be like, oh. <laughs> well, I I think the reason I didn't is because of you guys. No, oh, I was <laughs> trying, I was trying to be manly. You can't cry at a children's show. It's not okay. Yeah, there there's a, like when a, a ten turned to the camera and says, "I don't want to go." Oh, I know. I audibly went, "Oh, god damn it!" Just <laughs> sort of like uh, again. That's yeah. why. That's why he's the romantic, and he gets the ladies <laughs> to talk to you because he made you go. 
Oh, I feel so bad for you. I'm going to shed a tear for you and those puppy dog guys. <laughs> You know, this is a bit off topic, but I think it works with David Tennant. In uh, <laughs> this past week's uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and it takes place immediately after Thor, but uh, Sky's like, oh, he's dreamy. And she's like, oh, he's so dreamy. And Coulson's just like, yeah, he's handsome. And then uh, uh, what's, her, uh, what's her name comes up? The voice of Milan. Oh, me not? Yeah. She comes up, and she's like, no, he's dreamy. <laughs> That's kind of David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just face it. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not mad sure about I'm that. put him on the same level as Chris Hemsworth. But. <laughs> just because he doesn't have a lot of muscles? He's a smart guy. I thought it was hilarious when we were watching Thor, and they had basically had that scene where he had a shirt off, he was washing his face off, water was dripping down his chest. Yeah, see, and you're kind of like, and it, there, there's no dialogue during that scene. That's all it was. Just him just washing it off, turning around and walking toward the window. And I, I think what was it? Uh, Did you hear some women go? Yes, no, 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 no. <sighs> there were. But, but, I could hear that. But, you like, can't deny that. No, but there was. What was it? I think it was I fanboy. I fanboy. One of the guys went, and I think I saw back muscles. I've never seen on my body. In my life, <laughs> no, but I, Bi- back muscles I've never knew existed. It was just Chris Hemsworth. For I mean, no disrespect to him, but uh, he's not got the acting chops that David Tennant has, and he could not. I don't make know. It. I haven't seen Rush. Rush is okay. I, Chris, I won't speak until yeah, I see Rush. Yeah, Rush. Chris Hemsworth shows a like. I mean, yeah, Thor. He's not the greatest actor, but in and Rush, Red yeah. Dawn. I've never seen Red Dawn. But it's there. Well, but, or Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> ignorance does not... Cabin in the Woods, I think he actually does a good job. Um, I mean, I mean he he's I meant to be a, 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 a character yeah. uh, to a certain well, point. I'm not, I'm but not Rush, bad. No, yeah, but Rush, he actually does an incredibly good job. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a poor actor. I'm just yeah. saying he's not been given so many roles that yeah. give him a lot of opportunity to show off his acting chops. Mostly it's just his pecs and yeah. triceps that he's showing off. But that's... Thanks to Hollywood and Sarah Silverman. Right. But yeah, but uh, yeah. Speaking of Thor, um, David and I saw that. Yeah, it was good. But this is our day of the Doctor special, David. No, are we still on that? Yeah. We have an hour. We can make it. Well, uh... I think there's plenty of stuff we didn't talk about, <laughs> like uh, the I'm return so... of Gallifrey. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah, is obviously. Well, I mean, we find out for sure that it's been saved thanks to Tom Baker. <laughs> somehow, somehow that museum curator knows a bunch of shit we don't know. Because it was the doctor. Yes, I got that. David. No, it was the doctor. Yes, I also I understand. He's both a, ca- a man who originally played the doctor and the doctor. Yeah, it's it's Ovid level meta. I got it. <laughs> well, and the fact that he says you're going to be revisiting faces soon. Yeah, well, he even says perhaps one day you will retire to be a museum curator. I mean, it doesn't. And he knew about Gallifrey. <laughs> a lot of people know about Gallifrey. And why was there a museum curator in that vault that nobody's supposed to be in? Yeah. Well, I, that's what I'm glad that the painting is there because, like, that was what I, I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to go to find Gallifrey, ultimately. It should be, probably. It's going to be right there where they left it. He's going to search high and low across the stars. Well, I don't think Matt Smith is. I think Peter Capaldi is. Yeah, I mean... Because he's the last regeneration. He's going to end up on Gallifrey, and they're going to have, have developed some sort of new technology that allows regenerations to go past 13, and it's well, going to be fine and dandy. It's it's a it already heart. exists, because uh, the Master is... Uh, 
got gained extra regenerations already. Oh. Mm. So that happened way back in the classic. Just gotta go charge his batteries off. Okay. And they make it out to be Time Lord Law that it was that many. Oh. See, a theory I always had that, okay, Time Lords put this, like, speed limit on your regenerations, because after that you start to go haywire, Hmm. I think. Uh, To me, that works. So where Capaldi would be the last one, and then after that he could be black or a woman or whatever. The regenerations just don't work right anymore. Hmm. See, that's always a theory I have that seems plausible. That would make sense, story-wise. I could see him going crazy. But I think we better be careful saying that the regeneration doesn't work right and he turns into a woman or a black man. Like, I, I'm sorry, I, I was going to let it go, but I can't because you might have offended some people. Because the doctor sees himself as a man. Yeah, yeah, I'm we, not we saying that. We, we get that, but, but... Didn't they mention in that special that he could force himself into a woman, pretty much? Like, he could drink the thing yeah, and be a woman? yeah. 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 The infinite. Well, so what happened to the master was he tried to get the like the total knowledge, right? He looks and he, he tries to get this power that he's not supposed to have, and that's what made him go crazy, yeah. right? It made too much shit in his head. Pretty much. So. And knocking, which tell me how a vortex can give you. Everything has a rhythm, man, and a and a. Uh, frequency like our souls they all have different frequencies and they resonate in <laughs> harmony that's why we're friends I learned this from a book I was reading the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> no a book actually it's a book by Kelly Catrone who is among many talents one of the co-producers and panel judges on America's Next Top Model that's all a the great unlikely places. that's a great resume builder for this very discussion I've, it just came out man our souls are resonating shit pops up our souls are resonating <laughs> that's what she talks about it's good shit though but anyways I, I think that's huge the Gallifrey's back though oh yeah I mean yeah. we've seen it briefly in New Who but I mean it was a staple of classic Doctor Who I mean it was always there and mm-hmm. I mean we get, got to see it briefly in David Tennant's final two episodes mm-hmm. three now I guess but yeah. um, do you think the iPod Daleks will come back like, oh the <laughs> the Spectrum the uh, yeah I mean they were introduced at the end of the World War II episode they were in uh, the last one Victory of the or the Asylum of the Daleks uh, okay, I guess they, they dropped that plot line to a certain extent. Yeah, I'm assuming so. See, that's another point of laziness, too, I suppose. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I, mean, well, I think it's because nobody liked them. Oh. I, I didn't care. I, mean, just, I would be interested to see what you were going to do with them. Yeah. Uh, that was I mean, my gayest episode. Uh, the World War II yeah. one? I, I liked Let's, it. I thought it was interesting. Which one? Let's Kill Hitler or Winston Churchill? Winston, Winston Churchill. Victory of the Daleks. Got it. Yeah, when the World War II airplanes went up and fought a Dalek airship. <laughs> that was dope. Is, yeah, it was dope. It was awesome. I don't understand why people don't like that one, where they're kind of like... I don't I don't know why people didn't like the uh, Star Trek uniform Daleks. <laughs> I didn't care. I was just like, okay, they made them color-coded. All yeah. right, let's move on, see what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Never got shit. an opportunity to, because yeah. people did nothing but bitch about it. Whatever. People. I know, right? But with Gallifrey back, I mean... it. It really does give the show a direction that it hasn't really had. Yeah, I suppose now he has to go find the damn thing. Yeah, he he has a journey to take now. All this time he's been wandering around, but with no 
destination, just like being sidetracked by things that pop up along the way, and now he's actually going to go somewhere like specific for his own personal reasons, yeah. not just because he hears something weird or he got a a phone call or, or a message in his uh, little psychic paper. Yeah, like come here, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's really gonna. I did think it was a. Uh, it just popped in my head. I did think it was a great little nod to Classic Who, how it started off on Trotter's Lane and the, the school that Ian and Barbara were working for, like, because they were school teachers. Mm-hmm. And it even said Ian Church, uh, I just face his name, I'm pulling a hundred. I know what you're talking about, it was on the wall uh, there. Yeah, and it was on the, the plaque, and I was like, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, it's, I mean, you're bringing in the very first episode into the 50th anniversary. Well, they started with the original title sequence. Yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> Well, what do you guys think of not having the the Doctor Who title sequence? I didn't care. Yeah, it didn't matter to me. I, I mean, think it felt weird. No. You, have, you think, I don't know, I mean... Because they did, to a certain extent. They had the thing at the beginning, and then they just introduced credits as they were dragging the TARDIS somewhere. I mean... I, the thing at the beginning... Yeah, but I don't... I that, don't was, that was on Adventures Through Space and Time that they had the original credits. Well, yeah, but they did it on this, too. Yeah, Doctor Who opened with black and white. Yeah, they started with the TV, original. The, the Doctor Who, like the first symbol, the first oh. logo they put on yeah. before the very first episode is what they used. You press play on the recorded thing already, David. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't realize that. <laughs> you were the one that pressed the button. Oops. <laughs> I don't know, I mean. But then it went to the school stuff, so yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I don't, yeah, I think it would have been good for them to. I think it was good for them to use that, especially because I didn't know about the school, like the connection to that to the school until you just mentioned it. I was just like, "Oh, Claire's teaching there. That's why we're here." Well, I mean, that is, but I mean, it's a nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there was a deeper connection there that I didn't. I didn't get not having seen the classic stuff, and so that I thought that maybe with that, it's good that they use the original opening. Sequence because it would it would have made you feel like you were watching the first and the original like the original yeah. series and then you're actually getting something that's made fifty years later. Yeah, hmm. I'm surprised you didn't catch that. What I, was I doing? I don't know. <laughs> you were sitting there. <laughs> I think they did a really good job, like oh, overall through the episode of. Ma- maintaining that Matt is the Doctor whose timeline we are following because I mean he he did well he's have, the only one with a companion to a certain extent well yeah but he also had more di- like what set him apart mm-hmm. was the the division of the dialogue well, like David yeah. Tennant and John Hurt both have plenty of things like plenty of lines and things in there but all the like a lot of the witty quibs and a lot of the problem solving was left to Matt Smith so that way you like even though these other guys are equally the Doctor and all for I mean they all have equal claim to the to the screen. Mm-hmm. This is the guy. But well, they didn't take away from that. Yeah, I think structurally it helped that, you know, Smith was the one that was first seen on the screen and you know, Tennant and John Hurt were introduced through paintings. Mm-hmm. So that structurally wanted the flashbacks to show what they were doing and how they were introduced into Eleven's story. So yeah, I think they did a good good job with that. Um, especially, you know, you know, Eleven is the one who's left with the realization that he didn't actually destroy Gallifrey. It was sent into another 
So we should be left with him because he's the one that's going to have to go out and on this journey to go find it. Mm -hmm. Because the other two can. Seti isn't the one that's going to be going on the journey to. But uh, he might start with the the Christmas special in some fashion. I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, all we know is that the, the silence, silence will, will fall. fall. That's right. On Transalor in about, some manner. About goddamn time. <laughs> I know, right? We've been waiting for y'all to shut up for a while. That's <laughs> <sighs> going to be intense. Yeah, I'm, I have no clue how they're going to rip Matt Smith away from us in the middle of all this. <laughs> and the fact that they're going to tie off all of Matt's dead like loose ends no they're not you can't carry that Moffat promises except for Gall- except for Gallifrey I don't believe him I'm, <laughs> the president promised us a lot of things that turned out to not be true right now alright Stephen Moffat has far less responsibilities than the president yeah are you pissed off about Obamacare as much as I am well I'm gonna say purely <laughs> selfishly it doesn't affect me or my insurance in what in any way same here so like actually that I have I have a different plan than what I had in the past, uh-huh. but um, it's costing me less money, and the coverage, though it is different, and like it, where it differs, and like where I get less coverage, I'm not concerned about at my age with my health. So, I'm I'm frustrated for those people who were not able to like who were told that they'll be able to keep their health care plans and are not able to like that's mm-hmm. not that's not right that they can't do that. But for me personally, it didn't. I don't, I, I've been like that website is a joke. Oh, I, I know. I, I've seen. I, it. I, I've I, I've tried to do it for work and I can't get on the goddamn thing. And it just. I mean, I, I just said fuck it and went the paper uh, the paperwork route because apparently that's the only way this thing seems to be working. But even so, I've heard that Obama has been having meetings with Democrat officials about having, you know, about kind of just shutting it down about redoing it. For the most part, even though they sort of knew, or at least they should have known, that the website, that the 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 main point of entrance into this thing was not going to work. Yeah, I think that I can't believe we just went from Doctor Who into the politics. That's I know, my you could fault. say the U.S. government could use a doctor. <laughs> they certainly could. I mean, just real quick, I think that the issue was there was so much disappointment on the part of the American populace with not having things delivered to us, services delivered to us on time as they should be by the United States government and the president said I can't be I can't be the next thing that like I, I can't deliver the next thing late and give the next broken promise by not giving like not opening this up when I said it was going to open up mm-hmm. having had all these years to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's they have all the amount of resources that are available to the government, considering the amount of, of, of technology there must be behind the NSA actually being able to look at all of our emails and all that other bullshit. That they didn't have this website set up to, to the extent that everybody could get on it at the same fucking time is just sad and ridiculous to me. And is just. Yeah. I have no explanation because I don't even know how to build a website. <laughs> <laughs> My input on Well, I mean, it's basically just having a bunch of fucking servers set up to be able to collect and, and organize the information that's coming in. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me that the government couldn't have that. And it's, I mean, I don't know, like, 
I, I'm taking a Spanish class right now, and it, it's funny because there's a bunch of Republicans in it that like to make fun of Obama, and they bring up shit like that, and I'm kind of like, I can't fucking argue against you because, yeah, it is bullshit. That's right. When, you, when your team loses, you just got to shut up and take it. Yeah, you're kind of like, yeah, it is. It's kind of bullshit. I mean, there's one black guy in there that, 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 won't, that won't give up on Obama, and I'm kind of like, he fucked this up, guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. We're at a point now where we have to accept some mistakes that we may have made as yeah. young and optimistic and idealistic. A part of me is still upset with Obama with his when he first got elected, he did have the ability to push it through Congress if he actually wanted to push it through. The, the party had the ability to push it through, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. He wanted to compromise. He wanted to and idealism. Yeah, and that fucked him over. It's kind right. of yeah. It's kind of one of those things where kind of like you should have just done shit. When you had the stab chance, him, stab now you got alleyway, the, damn it. Yeah, now you got these fuckers just like uh, threatening to shut down the government because they're not happy with your health plan, which ended up not working well because you didn't have the infra- infrastructure set up correctly to actually deal with it. We should have bought Facebook and made Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> deal with it. That's what we should have done. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, there are bigger problems presented to the world. We'll run Facebook for a while, and we'll set up a Facebook social security account. Don't worry about that. You handle health care. Uh, no, you know, the doctor could get us out of this. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking there's a way he could get us out of this. They were able to put together a formula to, to tear down a wooden wall with their sonic screwdrivers, and it only took 400 years. So if only... For an unlocked door. For an unlocked wooden door. It took them 400 years to figure out how to get out. So I figure if we give them, say, 2 million years and some sonic screwdrivers, eventually a doctor will pop up that will be able to solve our healthcare crisis. Well, he just wave his Sonic and it'll all be taken care of. <laughs> I did like in the war doctor kind of making fun of uh, Tennant and Smith when they pulled out their screwdrivers. Oh, like, oh, like, They're not guns. What are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking tools. <laughs> what are you going to do? Throw a bookshelf at them? <laughs> <laughs> a bookshelf or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That is true because they've always like, they've always made it seem like they had some de- lethal power to them. Uh, yeah. I believed up until this point, and now I'm just like, don't you ever pull out your sonic <laughs> screwdriver in the face of danger again? But yeah, then all three of them blow a Dalek out of the page. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that to me. Well, that's because it's a robot, so that's what this the screwdrivers are designed to build and disassemble. I mean, you could probably fuck up a person by yeah, you got a sonic screwdriver. You can, what, give you them make their, yeah, you can make their like <laughs> eardrums pop, and then blood is like coming down. You can their make their ears. souls resonate at a different frequency. <laughs> Oh you can God. give them vertigo? Is that, is that what you're telling me? Hey, we can do vertigo. You can make them dizzy? Or on drugs? I vertigo mean, is serious. I mean, yeah, if you if you make a person feel as if they're sick to their stomach, they're not going to do anything to you because they're going to be too busy going, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be, that'd follow in the line of non-lethal doctor action yeah, most of the time. That's that'd be true. all right. But they'd just require a lot of alien vomit. That'd, that'd be a whole new crew subset that would be brought on, would just be alien vomit crew, and they'd have to come up with different types of alien spew every week. You know, one thing I liked about this episode was the fact that we got to see how similar Matt and David really are. I mean, yes, they're different, but there's a lot of things that they do that are very similar. That whimsical attitude, that like that, or that whimsical... Um, 
both with it, when their body language and their delivery of of their lines, it, it's pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, obviously they made them do things synchronized in here, in this episode, but yeah. mm-hmm. it looked it looked natural. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like they were out of place doing it together. You know, like it was like when they both put on their brainy specs and they're just like they usually. Go ahead. Uh, did you tell Chance about how Tennant and Smith actually want to do a season together? Yeah, yeah we talked about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I wasn't there. Uh, I don't think we talked about it on here. No, we, I mean, we had mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, where they wanted to do an entire season together, where they would, like, do five episodes, five episodes, and then, like, three together. All for uh, That'd be kind of, I don't know, I would have liked that. I would have, too. It would have been, been neat. Like, there's this grand overall plan that they have to accomplished but mm-hmm. here's them doing it separately yeah. from one another yeah that would be kind of cool i would have kind of neat if they use clara as a uh a thorough line like she kept on switching doctors throughout oh, the season yeah that they you would know. like that yeah i would <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think that uh that guy that was with clara will come back when she was in the school oh the guy that kind of looked like the doctor a little yeah, bit yeah when he walked. came up he was like Hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, usually there's a third person in the TARDIS with him, and mm. it would make sense to add somebody. I think it would be too much to introduce him into the Christmas special. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. may, not necessarily in the Christmas special, but maybe, but maybe like halfway through the season. Or, that might uh, be a good idea. Yeah. It's going to get weird if it's a, a really old man and her. Cause, yeah. But just because her character... She's very... She plays off of Matt really well. Yeah, she plays Matt really well, but I feel like... There's she... a lot of sexual tension. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the issue that I had, is that it's still... Even though he looks different, it's still the same guy. And, like, uh, we saw that with, with Rose. Like, she understood, that even though the two completely different exteriors, mm-hmm. it's the same different person. Or, I mean, it's the same person, yeah. so... That, that would but be... Yeah, but now, now Clara has to deal with the fact, I don't want you... <laughs> inside of me <laughs> or to take me for cocktails on the moon yeah it's just i you seem neat now but you're not you're not you're not as attractive <sighs> <laughs> too old maybe she'll still think he's maybe she'll still be attracted to him but he's just too old so that'd be funny that wouldn't work out no love comes in all forms and it's okay if she looks up to him as a grandfather <laughs> so I do I do find it interesting uh, that Moffat had mentioned a couple months back that uh, Russell T. Davies originally had an idea for why Capaldi was popping up everywhere. And now we've gotten another clue to that with Baker saying he's going to go revisit some faces. Mm-hmm. So mm. maybe even though the Doctor wasn't here during Children of Earth, maybe it's still something that he kind of wishes he could have been. Mm-hmm. to help and maybe since he, we've already seen him in his own tie stream maybe Capaldi's character in Children of Earth might actually be a, a secret doctor a version of the doctor that like didn't know you know kind of like how Claire was split herself throughout the doctor's timeline right mm-hmm. that could well be especially since I mean there's that uh, chilling uh, uh, t- speech when Gwen's calling out the doctor for not being there you know mm-hmm that could well be. I think that'd be kind of neat. I doubt it'll happen, but I think that'd be kind of... I don't know. I almost don't think it would happen because it seems as if 
you know, uh, Jack and Torchwood and stuff sort of falls under Russell T. Davies. Yeah. They're sort of specifically leaving it alone for whatever but, he wants to do Moffitt with it. But Moffat asked him if it could still work, and they mm-hmm. evidently he worked out a plan with Russell that could make Russell's original idea still work. These guys are crackpots. Do they ever spend any time in the real world, or are they just like constantly constructing these plot lines in this this universe that doesn't exist? Yeah, probably. <laughs> How did they? Because their... <laughs> I mean, Moffat created Jack. Moffat Jack Harkness is a Stephen Moffat creation, mm-hmm. and so's uh, Jenny, uh, the Doctor's daughter. And you know the reason she didn't die? Why they didn't kill her? Because no. Moffat wanted her. Oh. I want you. Yeah, Moffitt, like the Uncle Sam sign. wanted her to to live, and, and because at that time Moffat already knew he was taking over. But where has she been? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. yeah. We'll be. Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Well, uh, we're at an hour and eight minutes. So probably good for this episode. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could talk more and more and more focused, but. I think we're all kind of hopped up on just watching it a little bit. Yeah, I'm focused on those ripped spandex tights that Rose was wearing. Not Rose. <laughs> Not Rose. The moment. Oh Brad my god, wolf. whatever. <laughs> bad Wolf. I, I, I like that. Well, I chose like... Bad Wolf because something that I don't know if you guys realize. I mean, Bad Wolf, when she did that, she spread herself through the Doctor's timeline. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I like that when every time she said Bad Wolf, her eyes lit up. Like, did you notice yeah. that little flare yeah. in her eyes? Yeah. That was cool. Like the, the that made me think... Time stream was in her? That made me think that when, yeah, that when she pops up in the future that some menacing things might happen. It, well, no, if she because that, that's when Rose became Bad Wolf was when she opened up the heart of the TARDIS and the time stream went in her. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's when she was Bad Wolf. She was a bad ass. And I'm glad. I'm glad they just didn't bring Rose back again. Here's yeah. the Doctor and Rose. Yeah. I'm glad it was different because mm-hmm. I, it, it allows us to know exactly when this happens for David Tennant. You know. Yeah. It's right before his regeneration, mm-hmm. after Waters of Mars, and before the end of time. The end of time. Yeah. Well, so that's nice. Now we just have to wait till Christmas. So what's What's today? The 23rd, right? So that's Today's only... the 23rd. Um, 7, 20, 32 days? Yeah. yeah. 32 days until the next Doctor Who. Yeah. And then it could be until next fall. Ugh. Try and... Try and keep your composure, people. Don't go through withdrawals. <laughs> and silence will fall. Mm. It's going to be exciting. Listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M I K U S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.